Welcome back to another episode of the Two Stroke Penalty Golf Podcast. I'm your host, George Slyman. You know, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of activity out there. We're coming up to the end of a major season with the oldest and last of the majors being played, the Open Championship. We had uh, a lot of activity since our last podcast. John Rahm has won a U.S. Open, probably going to be more majors in his future, I'm guessing. We had Phil Mickelson, a resurgent 50-year-old, win uh, a major with the PGA Championship, and that was in quite commanding fashion. We've had some controversy with uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka playing Mean Girls, and uh, you know we had uh, the attempts, uh, which are ongoing, for the protagonist-antagonist story. I think the PGA really strives for that at times. Um, Patrick Reed, of course, being their favorite ant- antagonist role player right now, they uh, seems to want to paint him in that pic- in that uh, in that light. But you know, there was a recent Golf Digest article on Patrick, and it came off very good. And uh, I think it was very well received, and probably may have put to bed an awful lot of that antagonist uh, characterization. Hideki Matsuyama in the midst of a COVID quarantine and uh, not necessarily going to make it to the Open Championship because the protocols for the RNA are not quite clear on just what has to happen coming from another country, coming over, how much time, etc. If he gets the 10-day standard quarantine time, he might be able to get in there, but we shall see. Uh, that'll solve in a few days, I'd imagine. You know, the defending Open champion, Shane Lowry, uh, he's held the, the, the claret jug for two years now because of the cancellation in 2020 of the Open Championship. His victory came at Royal Port Rush, which will play a factor in our conversation today with our guest. Another uh, individual who has held the Open Championship, the Senior Open Championship, for two years is Bernhard Langer. Bernhard won it in 2019, and uh, of course that as well was canceled. So we've got a uh, very interesting um, guest this time around. Let me paint the picture for you. He was a PGA professional, and Qualified a few times, uh, actually six times for the PGA Championship, uh, did not make the cut in those. Uh, Qualified three times back in the 70s and early 80s for the U.S. Open, did not make the cut. And then seemingly out of nowhere, you remember the Todd Hamilton story, of course he was, uh, he had status on the, on the PGA Tour. Um, that, that time frame. Remember the Ben Curtis story? I don't know what he was ranked, but he uh, came through, won the Open Championship. Same with Todd Hamilton. But our guest today won the 2004 Senior Open Championship. And he beat the likes of some very notable names. Uh, Fuzzy Zeller, Craig Stadler, Peter Jacobson, Larry Nelson, Hale Irwin, Tom Kite, Tom Watson. He even put uh, a stop to the three-peat 
the consecutive three-peat of Tom Watson in the Senior Open Championship. Our guest is Pete Oakley. Pete is originally from Delaware, spends his time in both Delaware and Florida. And you're going to have an interesting uh, listen today as he tells us a little bit about what it's like to get in the, in the heat of competition with names like that at Royal Port Rush in the Open Championship, Senior Open Championship, what his nerves were like, what he was thinking, and how he played. It, it's, I, I think it's a fascinating story. It's the stuff dreams are made of. So without further ado, let's listen to Pete Oakley. All right, well, welcome. Pete Oakley, how are you? I'm doing great, George, thanks. Good, it's, it's good to hear from you. It's been a while since we last talked. It has been. I uh, and this is the first time for me doing something like this, so uh, I'm technologically challenged, but ready to learn. All right. <laughs> well, that's not bad for somebody who hasn't done it before. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. So let me let me ask you the uh, my obvious burning question that I have, and is did you get back to Royal Port Rush last year? I did, as a matter of fact. I that went to. Uh, uh, I was going to play, or I played at Royal Lytham, where they had uh, last year's senior British. Yep. And on the way there, this buddy of mine and I decided that we wanted to go see Port Rush again. And uh, oh, it was quite a uh, quite a journey. Since uh, I won't go into the, all the travel problems that occurred, but let's just say that I got there late, and I'm driving this little bitty car, and uh, we pull in, and it's jam packed. Can't find any place to park. And the guy, the parking attendant, says to me, uh, you can't park here, sir. <laughs> and I, I said, well, hey, let me try this. I won the Senior British Open Championship in 2004. Can, is there anything you can do for me? And he said, you won the Senior British Open Championship in 2004, did you? I said, yeah, my name's Pete Oakley, so-and-so. Uh, and anyway, to make a long story short, he gave me a handicapped parking spot. And uh, in we went on the bus and uh, – Oh, it was uh, it was a magical little experience I had there, running around, tired as anything, and uh, of course I had to have a Guinness before anything got started. And yeah. <laughs> uh, off we went to watch Brooks Kepka play the last two holes. Uh, that's terrific. So, did you get you get there in time to see uh, Shane Lowry hoist the trophy? Did not. I, I wasn't there long enough for that. Uh, I had oh, to get okay. back to uh, uh, Royal Lytham, but I would definitely watch it on television and. Uh, Oh, it was, uh, Quite it, a scene. it was still chilling to think of it. Oh, it must have brought back some good memories for you. It did. It did. I, I, uh, the one memory it, it uh, brought back was that we sure didn't play that golf course when I won. <laughs> <laughs> they really made some changes to it. And, uh, you know, the fescue rough was way up and, and the 17th and 18th holes were not the ones I played. Uh, in fact, the putting green was the, 18th green that I finished the tournament on. Oh, wow. And, uh, so it was, uh, oh, it was, it was beautiful though. And just so difficult. It was amazing. Yeah. They made some, uh, some big change. I mean, it was a, what a, what a, a stroke for that little, uh, corner of the world to get that, uh, this, you know, not only the senior open, which kind of tested the grounds for, for the, uh, the open championship prior to, cause the, I'm sure the crowds were a little bit bigger and, um, yeah, that was uh, that was it was quite a thing to uh, to see. I watched a couple of uh, presentations on on you know the the 
layout changes that they had made. And right. Quite a, quite a project. Quite a project. Oh, so yeah. I want to go back. I want to go back and I want to ask you, I want to take you back before your uh, Senior British Open win. And I want to take you back to the, uh, the 2003 U.S. Senior Open. You qualified for that, did you not? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> where, a little where, bit, where was that? It, uh, that uh, let's see. Where was that? I don't recall exactly where that was. Uh, the U.S. Senior Open in 03. I'd have to look that up. But I, my, oh, my, I think it was at, uh, in uh, Michigan. Uh, okay. Yeah, Indian, uh, Indian something or other. But it, it was uh, – I went and visited a friend of mine in uh, – uh, near Detroit. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I never remember the ones that I didn't do well in. So. I was going <laughs> to say, you know, you, yeah, you finished 29th. And uh, so a little bit less memorable, maybe than the next the next year. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, as I read, I read back through the uh, kind of the, the, the time, timeline on on that, that final round. And, and it, it was really it was it was quite amazing to uh, to see some of the, the the golf that was going on. Eduardo Romero had, um, I think he had five six birdies in the last ten holes to try right. to make he was, a, a run at you. Yeah, he was. He was uh, he was a rookie. Had just I think it was his first event as a senior actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget meeting him and thinking, who's this? Who's who's this young guy? Yeah. He was fifty years old and looked like he was about. 22 and uh, you know about six free and big and I know he killed it and uh, I was glad it was over after 72 yeah <laughs> yeah that. well you know I'd like to you know I, I know Tom Kite he tied uh, Romero tied Kite for second uh, behind you and and the uh, my my understanding is you had a uh, an up and down at the 18th out of a greenside bunker I did. I did. It was, uh, I still treasure that sandwich. I had a, uh, a really a long bunker shot with a huge lip in front of me that I had to get it over. That was about eight feet in the air. And, uh, I couldn't even see the flag when I was, uh, in the bunker. And, uh, I knew I hit a good shot though, as soon as it left the club because, uh, it had carried over the lip and I knew it had carried deeply enough into the green and, uh, Green was very firm, and uh, I was actually a little disappointed that it went, uh, you know, about 10 feet past the hole, but uh, it was still a good shot. I got a good uh, ovation for that shot. And uh, did, did you get a chance to watch it go by? Time. I beg your pardon? Did you, did you get a chance to watch it go by so you knew how it was coming back? No, no, I, no. I was uh, too busy uh, climbing out of the <laughs> bunker and uh, – uh, to see it go by, but I knew it, uh, the greens there were not very undulating and it just was this little slight break from left to right. And I hit it at the left edge and, uh, I still can't believe it went in to this day. And, yeah, uh, but it was, uh, my, my moment in the sun. That's for sure. I guess so. That was a big Sandy you got there. Very good. You, bet. you know, when I looked at the, uh, the list, uh, of, of champions for the, the senior, uh, open, uh, I, I, you are genius interruptus. I mean, you, you, you split up Tom Watson. He, he, he won in 03 and 05 around you. And he did that. And I loved having my picture on the uh, marquees that they had at the preceding uh, uh, senior open championships with Tom Watson, Pete Oakley, and then Tom Watson, you know, yeah. it was cool. 
<laughs> I bet it did. I bet it did. That's cool. You had quite a run in that final round, huh? You had uh, a streak of, uh, I don't know, five, did you have five birdies? Nine, 10, 11, 14. You, you, had, you had a streak of birdies. Uh, in, in I, the did, of I did. I did. Uh, I really played well that entire week. And uh, uh, it was funny, the very first round, I was playing well and was like, uh, I believe I was four under par going into about the 15th hole and saw my name atop the leaderboard, you know, and mm -hmm. it, my name had not been up atop the leaderboard ever. And uh, <laughs> so I quickly went bogey, double bogey, and wound up shooting 73 in the first round and was really disappointed after the first round. Yeah. And uh, strangely, the second round, it was like uh, – Groundhog Day. You know, I was in the exact same position again. I was uh, four under par going into the 15th, but parred them all. Through, you know, at least I had the uh, it was a quick one-day turnover of experience, and I I parred the last several holes and shot 68, and suddenly was in contention. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: You you go from winning this, and and I'm trying to get a sense of what it was like going to the the u.s open after the Correct. winning the british which was the next major and any pressure what was it oh, like heck yeah well it was it was a it was a, a fun and exhilarating pressure actually at the time i i hadn't even entered the uh u.s senior open but immediately after i won the uh uh British Senior Open, I was offered an invitation from the USGA to uh, play in the very next week at mm. uh, Belle Reve. And uh, so, you know, I quickly accepted and, uh, you know, started running around. MasterCard was there and helped me get a uh, $3,000 plane fare back to uh, back <laughs> home. And wow. uh, so, you know, yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, no, it was a thrill. Yeah, little little uh, media scrutiny uh, prior to the, the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I you know I hadn't attended any press conferences before either, yep. and nor had I been on television before with uh, uh, it's not Mike Tyrico, but the very nice looking young. Uh, uh, he's not so young now, I guess, but uh, uh, he still announces. He's with Nick Faldo all the time. Can't remember his name. Jim Nance. Anyway, he. Anyway, I, you know, I was uh, interviewed and sat in the booth and uh, was uh, queried questions there uh, as the last guys came in. In particular, the third round, I was sitting there with Steve Melnick and uh, some of these other folks who were on the broadcast. And I watched Don Pooley on the last hole. He had a putt about a three, three or four footer to tie me and be tied for the lead. And he missed it. Mm. And as soon as he missed that putt, it suddenly struck me that, hey, you're leading this thing there, <laughs> unknown Oakley. And uh, so it was, I mean, it's such an exhilarating thing to uh, uh, be uh, on stage, you might say, and never having been there before. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it is, it's a remarkable story. It really is. Uh, your brother talked you, if I recall, your brother talked you into trying to qualify. He did. He did. He, he actually talked me into trying to qualify for the European Senior Tour, oh, wow. which I did. And uh, I got one of the last qualifying cards. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, the rest is history. I was playing fairly well on the European Senior Tour at the time and was 19th on the money list. 
but I had to go qualify because uh, actually I was 21st on the money list. The top 20 were exempted into the British Senior Open at that uh, time. So I had to go and qualify. And I mean, if you had seen the circumstances of qualifying for the event, it was amazing. I, I teed off one of the first guys to tee off and it was very gray and dismal and, but still and raining a little bit. Anyway, I, I ran around and I was one under par with two holes to play in the qualifier and I knew I was going to make it, but suddenly the sun came out and the wind started blowing about 40 miles an hour, constant 40 miles an hour. Wow. And I, you know, I finished bogey, R on the last two holes and got 72 qualified and there was only one player in the afternoon in that wind that made the uh, tournament proper you know everybody wow. qualified in the morning because of the weather so uh, uh, that was just like another uh, miraculous happenstance to be honest that uh, yeah that's I that's, was blessed uh, with hence the phrase the luck of the draw Right. Yeah, uh, what, I, I prefer what's... to call it the blessing of God. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I noticed something. You, I mean, you missed, you know, you didn't get to have to do a playoff with uh, Romero and Kite because you finished one shot ahead of them. But I, I had looked and, you know, up to, I mean, in the last 25 years, the Senior British Open has had 10 playoffs to wow. determine a victor 10 that's 40 percent. that's to me that's really Ooh. odd that it would be you know there's a uh, evidently there's a lot of parody right uh, for the talent yeah. out there yeah and, right and, yeah and, I, and then i looked at uh, the the u.s senior open and that following year when uh, pete jacobson won and right. peter yeah he was he was a little bit of a, a, a not one he obviously not unknown but but he had hip surgery about six weeks before that and uh comes out and 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 wins the u.s senior open uh in the, in the same year you won the british open so that, that's right yeah and you know just so you know i you know you if you i know you don't recall these things and i'll let you know you tied for 37th you beat uh, guys who missed the cut, like uh, Ben Crenshaw, Bobby Watkins, Mark McCumber, Ray Floyd, Hubert Green, J.C. Sneed. So, you know, there's some big names there you uh, you ran over, which is uh, it's pretty cool. So for the unheralded Pete Oakley, as they refer to you, I think you uh, – that was a great year. Oh, it was a great year. Yeah. I uh, I know that uh, at Belle Reve, my club didn't get me uh, from uh, British Air. Oh boy. And uh, so I, I was practicing that whole week with clubs I didn't know. And, and the morning of uh, the first round, my club got there and, and they felt kind of strange, you know. And I yeah. shot 76 the first round, but then I shot 66 the second round. So my, uh, my golf game's ego came roaring back after the second round. And, and then I didn't finish all that well. But uh, still, I was uh, uh, elated to have shot a great second round and, and get in the hunt again and get interviewed again. And uh, it was just a, a miraculous year, really. Yeah. Well, you've got a little bit of a, a taste of what, uh, you know, a guy like Jordan Spieth must feel like when, you know, you reach this pinnacle and then the, this pressure to perform after the fact. And now, you know, he's been dealing with this for a while now. So, yeah. Yeah, that uh, that next, you know, it, I mean, his run in 2015 was was uh, sort of absurd. And oh and man, it was, it was. You just picked him. You picked Jordan Spieth to be 
the next great. And you know what? The story is still going on. You know, I, I, I still believe that uh, anybody who can do what he did uh, is going through a lull right now. It's been like two and a half years, I think, but uh, I don't write him off. I'll, I'll tell you that. I, I still think uh, greatness is something that uh, doesn't just, well, you know, I'm pretty much a flash in the pan, and, and uh, you know, I, I'll always be able to say I'm the British Senior Open champion, but Jordan Spieth is another uh, breed of cat, I have to say, and I still think he's going to come back and prove himself to be one of the greatest players of all time. At least I hope so, because he's such a great kid and a great role model and the type of people we need to, to be our kids to be looking up to, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. He is, uh, he's talented. And, and one of the things I noticed about Jordan is that he has, uh, when he gets ticked off after making a bogey or double bogey that he really didn't need, he goes, he usually goes on a tear. And so he's kind of that back against the wall kid who, I and mean, you remember it when he, you know, over in, uh, uh for the, the British open when he, yeah. he, he dusted, uh, you know, uh, Cooch after, after flying one into the, into the driving range or something. So yeah, yeah, that, you know, he does, he's got something uh, unusual that you, you can't teach, but that's uh, it's just in there. So very excited. What'd you think about uh, Colin Morikawa in the PGA championship? Oh, wow. That was, that was just so amazing. And again, here's another potential all time great coming to the fore, you know, uh, his, uh, He's another one that you just look up to and, you know, you hope he continues playing well so that, uh, you know, the youth in the country can look to him and and uh, emulate him and act like him and uh, try to be him. And, uh, you know, it's just I really think this young uh, crop of players on the PGA Tour are just fantastic and, uh, you know, really just helping the image of sport in general, you know, not only golf, you know, I think golf has always been the, the greatest role model maker uh, of all the sports. And uh, this new breed that's out there is just, they've been fantastic for the last several years, five years or so with JT and uh, Ricky Fowler and Jordan and now Morikawa. And uh, uh, it's amazing. I just love watching them. Yeah. These uh, young, these young guys are coming out. Uh, you know, pretty hot and ready to go. I, I think college and the uh, the attention of college, I think maybe the broadcast of a lot more college has made, you know, help them transition to the professional yeah, level. I agree. I, I think the, the current environment with, you know, without the, the fans, that may have helped Colin Morikawa because it probably seemed a lot like a, you know, a, a fairly big college tournament rather than a than a, a professional tournament, you know, with, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and, and hopefully he won't uh, get taken aback at his fame and just how big an event it was that he won. You know, that might be part of the reason that Jordan Spieth's struggling now, you know, maybe he's starting to realize just how great a player he is and how great the expectations are for him. And, you know, maybe he's suffering a little bit of, uh, uh, of that, the type of pressure, but I don't know. Morikawa just looked like you said, you know, a happy walk in a park, another college tournament won. Yep. Yeah, he's, uh, he, I, my understanding is people say he is one of the best ball strikers. I haven't had a chance to see him in person play, but uh, just since Tiger, you know, 
best yeah, balls yeah. ever since I, which is amazing. It's, you know, the way Tiger hits long irons, it's, it's hard to find somebody that's comparable, but evidently he's one of the guys. So, mm-hmm. I'll you know, say. I, I want to ask you about, um, and I know, you know, in the, in this, the, the champions tour, you've got Bernhard Langer in there uh, shooting for Hale Irwin's record of 45. Mm. Langer's a, he's a unique character. I mean, more success on the champions tour and in, you know, the senior uh, majors than he had to some degree in, in, in the, in the regular tour. And he's, he's unique. I mean, what do you see? What do you think about Langer and his prep and his focus and his, you know, just his, his approach to the game? Well, he's got that, uh, that German mentality, you know, where uh, every every uh, I is dotted and P is crossed. And I've been out there with Bernhard. In fact, I know Bernhard well. We've uh, attended uh, Bible studies together and, in fact, got one going out at Hawalalai uh, when I was out there those many years ago. But uh, he is just so thorough and you know, he goes, when he's checking out a green, he goes to every quadrant of the green. And this was before they had the greens books. And, uh, you know, he takes forever to, uh, to map out a golf course, him and, uh, his caddy. And, uh, they are, they're definitely not fun to play with in a practice round. I can tell you that (laughs) because it's about six hours of, uh, just, uh, Oh, I, I couldn't handle it. You know, you, you have to be so dedicated and he is, I mean, you can tell he's dedicated and, and, uh, you know, he's enthusiastic. He's got everything to, uh, being the great longstanding player that he is and has proven to be. Mm. Yeah. He's got, you know, uh, it, it is amazing. I mean, I think Hale Oren's, uh, record was something people didn't really think was going to be touchable and, and he's, he's gotten awfully close a little bit like, you know, tiger on Jack's record. And, and uh, it would be interesting to see how he uh, adjusts to, you know, some of these other guys coming out and uh, just the, the discipline he has. You're right. It's there's, how know, close is he? How close is he to Hale Irwin? 41 and Hale has 45. Is that right? Wow. Yep. Yep. So four oh, more that's... wins, you know, and uh, I mean, yeah. he's, he's won four, senior british opens <laughs> yeah and he yeah, won it. yeah and he you know he won i mean in 2014 this is you know we think about tiger at the masters in 97 and and 2000 uh, u.s open but langer beat everybody by 13 strokes in 2014 at the wow. senior british open amazing yeah that's, that's right amazing. well that was that royal porth call which is oh my god that's like playing in hell it is such <laughs> a difficult, cold, rainy, all the time. Uh, I was there. I played in one there myself. And, uh, oh, brother. In fact, I think I played, I played the year he won that by that many strokes, I think. What, you know what that year was? Uh, 2014. Oh, no, I didn't play in that one. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that Royal Porth call is, I knew it was a different place when it was like, 60 degrees when I went out to the town there, Port Hall, and there were people swimming, you know, in the, in the ocean, you know, all these, they look like little snowmen out there in the ocean swimming. It was like balmy for them at 60 degrees. Yeah. And, uh, and that's as warm as it got the entire time I was there. I mean, it, 
miserable. But, uh, hey, Bernhard can play in any weather. Well, you know, that's like the Canadians who come down to the coast of Maine to swim in that balmy 62-degree Maine coast water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, a different world. Well, I I just – I had a question for you about uh, what you're involved in now. What's going on with you? Are you, uh, you know, I, I know you've been involved in a, a PGA sectional down there. And tell, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, I'm, I'm basically uh, what you'd call semi-retired. I play with the club pros here in uh, South Florida section PGA. And, uh, you know, I'm still competitive. Uh, in fact, I just won the uh, our sectional club pro uh, senior club pro championship in the South Florida section of, nice. with the sixty to sixty nine year olds. I'm seventy one now, which you know I still can't believe I'm this old. But uh, you know I didn't want to play with seventy one year olds, not to disparage them in any regard. But there was only five players. Yeah. And uh, so I moved myself down into the young category, if you will, yeah. 60 to 69. And I, and I dusted them. So I loved it. That's and awesome. uh, I shot, uh, and I shot my age the first day, 71. And then I shot 69 the second day on the rider course at PGA village. So, uh, you know, my golf ego is up at the moment. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to live long enough to shoot my age, Pete. That's uh... <laughs> That might not work. So um, anything else going on with uh, any charitable organizations you're involved in? Anything that you have supported over the years? Give a little shout out to. Yeah, I'm uh, in my church, the Grace Place Church uh, on Salerno Road in Stewart is uh, just a dynamic church. And uh, I've been involved with them in the in Compassion International. I have a couple of uh, young men, one from uh, uh, Guatemala and a little girl named Mesere from Ethiopia. And I'm basically uh, helping them out every month with a charitable donation and uh, re- contacting them and communicating with them. And, uh, you know, we're just so blessed here in the U- good old U.S. of A. Mm. that uh, – you know, when when you realize that uh, there's children all around the world that are living on subsistence level uh, and no clean water. And uh, I mean, you know, it's cost me like thirty nine bucks a month for one child. And, you know, I mean, it's not that big of a sacrifice, but it's nice to communicate with them and send them birthday cards and birthday gifts and Christmas gifts. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a little way to uh, help in realizing how blessed I am and, and, uh, oh my gosh, I just, uh, you know, it start tearing up when you think about the, uh, the rest of the world, if you will, is, uh, you know, two thirds of the world is starving and, and here we are with, uh, I mean, and I, won't, right. I won't get poli- I won't get political on you because I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what. We. I mean, we're blessed to be in this nation and with all the things. But you know, the old saying, "A luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity," uh, is what I I think really kind of absorbs us a little too much. And if yeah, if, if more people gave credence and thought to uh, to you know the organizations like that, there would be uh, a lot less. Uh, there are a lot fewer children having. Uh, that's having very. That, there. That's very prophetic. What was that again? A necessity is what? Uh, a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. 
Yeah, that's where we are. You know, that's that's where the country is. We think we think we deserve all this bounty that we have at our fingertips. And yeah. oh my goodness, that's very good. I like that. That who who said that? I don't know. I just I know I repeated it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty it good. Wasn't our, it wasn't. But you know that you know the the, uh, the 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 verse to he who's much is given, much is required. So yeah, boy, you're right. You're yeah. right about that. Well, Pete, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with me and uh, I look forward to uh, catching up with you. I, you know, if you spot me uh, 12 strokes and uh, at least a tee box and because uh, you're spotting me a number of years in age already, but I think <laughs> maybe, maybe I could give you a game. Who knows? <laughs> well, I hope we have the opportunity sometime. George. That would be nice. That would be nice. Thanks for joining me, Pete. I wish hey, you well. My pleasure. And, uh, Appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I want to thank Pete one more time for his uh, gracious use of his time and uh, for that conversation. And I hope you enjoyed it. You know, in the current environment, coming out of COVID and actually going through COVID, golf had a, uh, a resurgence. Golf is a unique game. It rewards effort. It rewards uh, success in a unique way. It's the most democratic with a small D games out there. It's not a team game. It's an individual game. And you get rewarded when you practice hard and succeed. And uh, can you imagine out of a field of 156, one person wins and the other 155 just complain about the fact that somebody else won? That seems to be the current environment with uh, this critical race theory. And I know this sounds political, but I will say this. That is the most divisive thing this country has seen. And it is a perpetual grievance approach. This country was doing quite well, quite well. Are there people who will, will cheat in golf? Sure. Are there people who will complain? Yes. Are there people who are maybe racist? of all colors in this country there are but there is no systemic racism racism in this country i think we need to keep that mindset that this is a land of opportunity not a land of perpetual grievance so get out there enjoy some golf and if anybody tells you otherwise remind them what the truth is thank you for joining us for the two-stroke penalty golf podcast Please remember to leave a, a couple of comments to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And remember that we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. Thanks.